2: Hello and welcome to the MK1 podcast, a podcast for myself, Ross and Joe who took everything Milton Stones. Well, it feels like an agency recorded, boys. It's only been about a week, hasn't it? But uh, I'm sure we've got a lot to catch up on. So, uh, Ross, how are you doing? I'm doing
1: well after that thriller
2: out of the weekend. Yeah, it wasn't the most entertaining game, was it? Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> I felt like I was on my phone when I was watching the actual game, but I'm sure we will have some comments on it. Uh, how about yourself, Joe? How are you doing? Yeah, not too
3: bad. Um... Just yeah, just getting through the week, I guess. Um it's it's not there's foot, not really much riding on the football at the moment. So it's just sort of going through the motions, I think, a bit.
2: Yeah, yeah, literally. One game to go, isn't it? And then we can take a sort of two or three month break, which uh of course the gaffer doesn't really want, but um I suppose it'll be nice for some people who have been sort of overloaded with football these past year or so. But uh, speaking of the end of the season, um, of course, the club did their own award show on Friday and we made the we made a decision to do our own as well at the MK1 Awards for this season. Um, voting about half an hour ago since we started recording this has gone live for the listener categories. Um, so you can head over to our Twitter or the podcast descriptions to submit your votes on that. In terms of actual awards we're giving out, uh, we've got the Player of the Year, Standard Vote, uh, Young Player of the Year, uh, Team Performance of the Season, uh, goal of the season uh, best moment of the season uh, best media presence and then the sort of first team member most likely to survive a desert island on their own as a little fun one so yeah you guys can vote for three of those categories um, on our socials on the podcast description and then yeah we'll reveal the results of them fairly soon and we're hoping to have a few special guests on uh, revealing some news as well. So, yeah, that'll be fun. Look forward to recording that over the coming weeks. Um, but let's not delay any more, gents. Let's get into our Fleetwood review. Of course, the game finished 1-1. Um, from my perspective, neither team really stood out, to be honest. Uh, as we kind of mentioned, had a very end-of-season feel game to it, and I'm pretty sure the gaffer mentioned that as well. Uh, Garner, for them, the youngster at top, had a pretty decent finish the second half. Um, of course, it came from a counter-attack, which... It fell, it fell nicely to him, but you know, he's set to finish it. And it was a good finish in the end off the post. And then uh, Chaz Brown to the rescue came off the bench to rescue a point. Um, nice little finish from him after phrase uh, had a bit of good individual skill and Matty Sonoda's shot was saved. And there, yeah, Chaz Brown was just tap it away. So, ended, ended a winning streak, uh, gents, but you know, still a point gained on the road, regardless of whether it actually matters too much or not. So, Ross, what were your general thoughts on the game on Saturday, apart from it being a little bit dull?
1: Um, as you, I think you've high, highlighted it there, Liam, the fact that obviously, um, it was pretty much dead rubber, and um, we mentioned it about four or five games ago that the results didn't matter as such, it was more about performances. And yes, um, I did feel out the weekend, we we um looked a bit tired, as such, I, I, I thought, um, and Credit to Fleetwood, they made it hard work for us and um, they turned it into a very physical game and it turned into a quite a boring game. Um, I think we all can agree. Um, but I felt when Matt O'Reilly came off, um, it really impacted us and uh, we struggled to adapt and I think it was a case of just going uh, going into halftime, um, obviously being 1-0 down. Um, and then second half, I felt we played a lot better and we are a bit quicker intensity um was up but I feel I felt obviously with nothing to play for there's not a lot riding on the game but I'm just pleased for Ch- Charlie Brown really um I'm I know we've all been screaming for him to start and I'm hoping in this next game obviously against uh, Rochdale for the end of the season decider I hope he gets a run out because of we've got to unlock that potential inside him and uh let's hope this weekend's the game
2: yeah, of course I've been I've been the biggest Charlie Brown free us, I think in terms of wanting to get a start. So yeah, it was nice seeing him get that goal and uh, fingers crossed he finally gets his start. Um, yeah, to be honest, I kind of agree with you. I think Fleetwood made it hard work for us, but they weren't a particularly good football team. You know, you can tell they're a hard working bunch who like and we kind of played into their play style for the first half. But I don't think they really threatened us too much, and their goal just came from them. You know, being what they were. You know, high. A hard-working team, very pressing, and uh, they got the rewards for that initially. Um, but, yeah, as I said, luckily, we, uh, you know, from a bit of individual skill, we got our rewards as well from that performance. So, yeah, I think a draw was a fair result. Um, Joe, what were your general thoughts on the game on Saturday?
3: Yeah, I think um, it, it was a very nitpicky game, I thought. In, in that sense, I think um, the, the referee, he was, he was a little bit harsh um, in terms of a lot of the fouls that were given. I think there was 33 in total. Um, We we committed to 13 and Fleetwood 20. Um, So I think, you know, it shows that it was just very stop start. And I think watching it, it just felt that way. I was actually, I was watching on my phone whilst uh, capturing some village cricket. And I'll tell you what, I was probably watching the cricket a little bit more than the football at times, you know, because we'd just, the game would just be stopped for a free kick and it it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't one that I was particularly glued to. That's saying I don't think we played well. I don't. I, sorry, I don't think we played bad. I don't think we played amazing. But on the whole, it's it was solid enough. You know, because it, it was a away game as well. Um, but you know, they, they had a lot of set pieces, a lot of corners and free kicks. It seemed, um, and we you know for a team that that's under Simon Grayson and the sort of team they are, I think we did quite well to not really concede any decent chances from those. So that's that's one positive. Um, obviously the whole makeup of the team was shifted around a bit with uh, which I'm sure maybe we'll get onto in a little bit um in more detail. Um and I think that it was a moment of quality that they came from that caused their goal, with with a nice sort of run through and finish. Okay, we probably could should have done better. Um, but then you'd say the same for our goal, where it was pretty much all Fraser with some absolutely great, well, great turn, really um, really. Uh, purposeful, uh, broke into the box and he was just un- unlucky and um, Charlie Brown was there to stick it away. So, yeah, as far as end of season games go, it's probably, if you watch that and just said, you know, if you told me that was one all, i probably imagine that game to go something like that because it, it just, it didn't um, ever set on fire, I guess. But, you know, it was solid enough and yeah, no one's throwing in the towel quite yet. So, yeah, happy just to see another solid performance moving forward.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty echoed that. And you, you mentioned about how the whole right wing back situation was uh, thrown up in the air because of Ethan Laird being out or feeling well when he left on the bench. So, because I'll touch on that first of all. Of course, the game started off with Matt O'Reilly playing there for a good, what was it, 30 minutes or so. And then, of course, uh, he went off injured. Uh, not, I can't remember exactly what happened, but it was a bit of a niggle, I believe. And the last Sorensen came on for the rest of the 60. Um, so, yeah, I was interested to get your guys' thoughts on, you know, how how losing Ethan kind of impacted us going forward. So I'll put a hand up to you, Ross, first. So obviously you mentioned about how O'Reilly coming off impacted us, but how great do you think the impact actually was? You know, do you think it we still scored at the end of the day and the goal came from the right hand side, didn't it through Fraser. So yeah, what were your general thoughts on it again? I know you mentioned it in practice, but give us a bit more if you could.
1: Well, obviously losing Ethan Led is always going to be a problem um, going into this clash. We know what Ethan can do. He's menacing up and down that wing. Um, he, his work rate is second to none. Um, obviously Matt O'Reilly is a completely different player. He can, he's got the technical ability, but he hasn't got the pace for anything. And um you could tell that he was filling the gap and he did the job um, in what was required and fair play for last coming on, being ready to come on and um, doing a job. I didn't feel like he struggled. Um, and I think Joe just mentioned it, the fact that defensively we didn't, we didn't really get uh, challenged by Fleetwood that much. I think they had one shot on target in the second half. So that just shows there was a very even game. Um, but yeah, the, both the Matt O'Reilly and Sorrison, they did they done a good job, but um you can you can tell why they're playing other, uh, other areas of the pitch for sure.
2: Yeah, definitely, and um you know Russ has mentioned it's a lot of positions, but I think sticking Matt O'Reilly at, at right back is probably the most experimental experimental he's been uh, all season. Um, but I suppose one thing you've got to credit, Joe, isn't it, is um, Lass's professionalism. You know, he's not had two minutes at all really since the start of the year and. The past couple of games has come on. And of course on Saturday got 16 minutes and uh you know put in a good shift. And that's that's a credit to the group as a general and of course Lasser himself.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, he's a, a lot a young player out on loan. And he's probably, you know, especially after the first half of the season, he thought maybe uh maybe he was a bit hard done by, but I think looking back, you can't really blame he can't, I don't think he, he can have too many complaints in regards to, you know, the results we've been getting since Christmas. Um, but to come in and to be ready. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And it's happened a few times this season. Um, I thought and it's great to see, you know, that no one's got a big attitude and he's not stinking out the dressing room and demanding to go back to Stoke. He's, you know, it seems like he's just getting his head down. He's learning. And if, if Russ decides that others are better in that position or more suited, then, then fair enough. I think in terms of Ethan Laird and uh, Matt O'Reilly, I think, yeah, Matt O'Reilly did, did 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 a pretty decent job, as did Lassa. I think that's the one thing with them two, as opposed to Ethan Laird. And even the team as the whole, perhaps, is something we lacked. is Ethan Laird can literally just create something out of nothing. It's just that burst of energy. And well, we actually saw it with Fraser for the goal, just actually just going direct and and taking a, taking that risk, you know, running into traffic and getting past it, and you know, yeah, maybe I think we maybe missed that little outlet, that outlet on the uh, on the right hand side, but yeah, it's uh, hopefully Matt's uh, not not too serious. I mean. I guess it's come, if, if you were to have an injury, it's probably come at a decent enough time uh, with there only being one game left against an already relegated Rochdale to cement our ninth place position. But um, yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, I, I guess that I, I, O'Reilly and um, yeah, Lasse, they're, they're, it, they've it, I think it says a lot about this team, actually, that people are quite happy to shift around. We've seen Ben Gladwin at left wing back in central midfield, um, quite a few it's quite good this squad that we've got quite a few players capable of playing multiple positions um and it really does help out in terms of the squad so yeah good to see
2: yeah it was almost like um you know the inverted wing backs back again of course on saturday with, with Matt O'Reilly initially and it was I think it was almost like O'Reilly and they well, did it O'Reilly did an okay job they're a bit too similar and as you mentioned, you know, Ethan led off of that completely different outlet on that right-hand side, which not many teams can defend in this league. So to to lose him even to the bench is uh, quite impactful. But as yes, I said, luckily it didn't cost us too much in the result. We still got a decent point on the road. Um, I think the standout from the game was, uh, and has been this the past month really, has been Scott Fraser again. Uh, easily by Man of the Match on Saturday. Uh, really, really good. I think, yeah, he showed some real individual moments of quality. Of course, he got the sort of third assist for the goal in a, in a sense with the sort of uh, pivot turn and then they pass to Saranoda before uh, Saranoda's shot was saved um, but yeah I think absolutely excellent You know, as usual he did his work defensively I think it was 7 out of 12 ground one. won um, dribbles again he had a fair few dribbles uh, to their box and it was back to being his uh, creative hub ways and uh, I'm sure like Russ Martin Ross uh, Scotty Fraser doesn't want the season to end the form he's on currently
1: it's slightly worrying with obviously the summer transfer window coming up. Him hitting the form just in time. How coincidence. <laughs> uh, but yeah, as you say, Liam, we we know the quality he, he carries um, and he's got high expectations of himself and he believes uh, he should be getting on the score sheet often. And yeah, um, he deserves, he's up there with obviously being player of the season but, um, and he has won his, a fair few points this season also. So, yeah, let's hope we can keep him and hold hold on to him, sorry, and uh, go into next season with him.
2: Yeah, we've seen uh, plenty of rumours, haven't we, the past couple of days regarding some of our players? And uh, Scott has been one of them. Um, so I'm sure it's going to be a fun summer, basically biting your fingernails to see if you know, everyone stays or heads off to the Championship or higher. Um, yeah, OK. And then I suppose the final points to touch upon, unless... Uh, yeah, both ways. That is sticking to our game plan, where the game took a bit of a physical turn. Um, you know, in the past, we've kind of seen the team, you know, especially certain individuals who perhaps weren't on the pitch on Saturday. You know, let the game get to the heads a bit and lose focus of what you know Russ and the coach staff want to do. Um, but I thought on Saturday, you know, despite a shaky first half, we came out second half as Ross mentioned and really um, sort of planted down what we wanted to do. And um, yeah, you know we conceded first and all that, which which is from a mistake which uh, you know Fleetwood probably deserved in the grand scheme of things. Um, But I thought you know what we did after that was very good, and we I think we deserved our point in the end, and it was a decent draw. So yeah, positive signs moving forward. And um, of course we have the final game of the season against Rochdale, which uh, I'm sure two attacking teams who are going to want to finish on a high as well. So hopefully that'll be an entertaining game and not a a boring 0 one one maybe like uh, Saturday was to be honest because Saturday wasn't the best game in general to be honest okay well that rounds up our Fleetwood review yeah, pretty short but to be honest not a great amount to talk about from the game as you can I'm uh, sure imagine uh, we'll take a short little break before we head into your listener questions podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with Fan Hub to put fans first. Search Fan Hub app to play your part in the journey. Okay, well, welcome back and i listener the questions section, so we asked you guys on Twitter for some of your questions, whether they be Don's related or non related, and we picked out a fair few of our favourites too well take you through essentially so we'll start with we'll start with this one uh, from at Real Paul Stevens who is asked about Sam Nombe and in, in regards to next season regardless regards to him trashing back into the squad um, of course he's a bit looting all season and uh, I see Joe rubbing his hands about this subject so I'll pass it over to him um, what are your thoughts on Mr Nombe returning back to Milton Keynes next season Joe?
3: Um, in all honesty and I believe he's got a year left on his contract to, uh, uh, with us Um I don't particularly want him back, to be honest. Um, by the looks of it, he, the interest from Luton actually came in the January of the 1920 season. It was that point where, by all accounts, he was desperate to leave. And that is where his performance absolutely tailed off. And since being at Luton, I've heard of numerous interviews that, uh, that Nathan Jones has done, almost calling out Sam Nombe for his attitude. And I think he's had one start all season. Um, I think there's been... It was a 45 minutes he had at Luton, where he's offside three times and he completed one pass. Um, I just think with Sam Ndombe, especially how we're playing, he's got some great physical attributes. But I think we may have said that at you know at the start of last season, um, he's very raw, and I don't think he's what we need. And I think maybe his character, from what I've read, from what we've read, it's not. I'm not. I, 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 we you know we don't know this for sure, but. A lot of the signs point towards maybe not being someone that Russ would want to keep around the dressing room. Again, not not that's not verified. That's not you know that's only going from what we can infer from reports. Um, I, I think we can do better. At the end of the day, he probably will have a resale value. He's young uh, and he has scored a few goals at this level, but I can't I, I can't see Russ sticking with him unless we're you know absolutely. You know, struggling to to find someone else, and if he's got a year left in his contract, I personally would let him go and, and try and sell him.
2: Yeah, it's very it's a very interesting situation because obviously with the strike situation we have at the club right now, obviously they have the one striker contract for next season in Charlie Brown. Everyone else is set to leave, so yeah, I mean I, I can appreciate your comments on non, comments on non bay yeah, I think, I think there is a character uh, question there, especially with you know, how he went about trying to leave the club and, of course, hasn't really panned out for him, which is unfortunate for him. Um, and yeah, he's going to come back into the dressing room, which the gaffer may not want him part of his plans, uh, which is obviously not a great situation for him, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, Ross, what are your thoughts on the non-base situation?
1: Yeah, as Joe's mentioned, it's, it's a difficult situation to look at, but... How I'm looking at it at the moment is I'm looking at Charlie Brown as a similar figure to Numbay in the same sense of like both of them at at their time at Milton Keynes are trying to develop and get into that first team and Sam Numbay, his, his finishing product was just, he wasn't there and everyone knew that. Um, but I feel like with Charlie Brown, it's completely opposite. The promising signs are there and we, we saw at the weekend what he can offer. So I feel like having Numbay there as well two similar players, you don't, you don't really want that in a squad. I want us to re- recruit in the uh, summer window um, a Will Grigg and a Cameron Jerome figure in the squad. I don't want another youth prod, youth product as such. So we've well, we got Jay
3: Bird as well. Yeah, through. Jay Bird
1: as well, sitting on the bench. So if we're going to look at it on the grand scheme of things, I don't feel like there's a place for non in the squad, but Russ might think different. But Going forward, I feel like the best option for him is if he if he's not going to get the game time, he's either going to look for a loan to uh, go on a free the following year, or um, I don't know, try and buy this time at Milton Keynes. But as Joe said in the change room, it's not going to look good if he's uh, not got the right attitude.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I was never his, his biggest fan. I, obviously, we had the comparison of him versus Morris, didn't we, for a, for a little amount of time. But Morris was leaps and bounds better than him. Of course, a lot more, more experienced, more older as well. Um, but yeah, I, I've never been his, his biggest fan. Um, but hey, hopefully, if he is here next season, he proves me wrong. Um, similar question to Paul's, and a similar context, I suppose. What are your guys' thoughts on Haramboa I know in our... Sort of private conversation, we've spoken about him a bit in terms of how that the actual play style of Russ is he probably suits it a fair bit. I think at, earlier in the month or last month, sorry, I should say he he was you know completed the highest pass percentage at midfielders in League Two. So, to be honest, that that kind of fits at Russ after in terms of like a deep line pivot. And of course, with Serna McKetka and potentially moving on, we kind of need a couple of midfielders in that. Um, sort of area if they both don't or they don't stay. So, uh, Joe, what are what, what are you thinking regarding Hiram Boateng? Would you want him back next season, or do you think he's a, a goner?
3: Again, I think on the pitch we've seen even last season under Paul we saw some really good stuff from Hiram in in patches, but we also saw some absolute dross, to be quite honest. And you know. It, I think with Russ, I don't think Russ wants that player that's going to be a one-in-three. You know, one, one amazing performance in three games. However, you know, things change. He's young. He's had a solid spell at a team that's pretty much... Well, they could be promoted this weekend. Um, I You know, I don't know what the contract situation is. I don't know what it's like behind the scenes. My guess would be that he is one of the higher earners. With everything that's gone on in the past couple of years, whether or not his you know wage position in the club is conducive to good business i don't know um i think as a player if he was say you know on maybe a if if he was if his squad position was there to be a backup slash you know challenging for the fed, like almost like the role sort of Lars Sorensen played in the second half of the season i think that that sort of role you know, ability wise, I think he'd be good enough for. However, you know, he's a young guy in his mid 20s. Is he going to be happy to do that? Probably not. And again, we just don't know about what's going on behind the scenes. Um, and, and, and contra financial wise, because we've seen a lot of players on contracts that Paul Tisdale that gave out, we've seen a lot of those players move on um, in January and in the summer. So, you know, uh, maybe we're reading too much into that, but who knows? But, you know, ability wise, I think we could do far worse than Hiram Boateng, but I also think maybe for the money that he's on, maybe we could do a bit better.
2: No, it's fair enough. And of course, only a few people in uh, the club know what the financials of uh, Hiram's DLR are. So, yeah, if, if it feels good business, I'm sure Cullen will uh, do what he feels necessary. And if Russ if wants him, he'll keep him. Uh, yeah, I suppose it's interesting because of how the squad dynamics play now. I mean, Ross, what, what were your thoughts on the old. The uh, Haram situation. Would you keep him? Would you uh, potentially sell him?
0: Um,
1: it's it's an inter- another interesting one. I believe I had a discussion with you, Liam, regarding him um, on his numbers. Um, his numbers at the League Two level, uh, very good. Um, it's just it's another step for League One. So it's a question of whether he can make that step up. But as we all know, Russ likes a hard working and yeah, hard working midfielder. And I, I don't put boteng has that and that's not a um I'm not throwing shade on on Boateng him, himself but if I compare him with the likes of Kasumi they're completely like the work rate and energy from one um from Kasumi's second to none and then if we look at Sermon and McEchran they use their knowledge more than anything and I just don't I don't believe boteng has got that just yet and um I, I personally believe, and this is my personal opinion, I believe there's better out there for the price.
0: No,
2: that's fair enough. I, say, uh, I think you, a, you and you Joe are in agreement there pretty much regarding uh, his situation. And of course, if Cambridge come up, they might be willing to pay a pretty price for him because I know their fans rate rating very highly and they were pretty happy to have him back from his uh, shoulder injury in February. So, yeah, I'm sure he'll find a suit to in League One next season for sure if it's not with Don's... Uh, because these numbers are pretty impressive at that level, but, you know, as you've always said, it's about stepping up, isn't it? And it's uh, sometimes a bigger step up for players than they think. Another transfer rumour, uh, and in this time, though, was, uh, I think it surfaced, I think it was today or yesterday, uh, regarding Gary Hooper. Uh, of course, it mentioned the Don Strike situation and uh, the latest one out of the rumour was Gary Hooper. Um, of course, there's the, a the certain source for this story, is a sceptical one, to say the least. Uh, not many people um, believe in it, and I personally don't, to be honest. Uh, but it's brought up as a question uh, by Jack or Champ 27 So I thought I'd bring it to you boys in terms of your opinions on it. So uh, Ross, Gary Cooper, Co- uh, sorry, not Gary Cooper. Uh, talk to you about Gary Cooper.
1: Um, a few years ago, good striker. Um, but I'm I'm not going to look into it. I'll I'm, I'm be brutally honest here and say uh, I've got no comments on it, really.
2: So night at all no
1: no well that that as as we all know Twitter Twitter rumors and all this it, it go it doesn't go a long way and we've we didn't hear about uh, Josh McEachran, did we um we didn't hear about Matt O'Reilly they're all in the dark so I, th- I feel like if you're gonna believe everything you read uh more for you
2: fair enough yeah uh Joe what are your thoughts on uh the Hooper's signing or rumored signing
3: I think it's one of them where it's hard to judge. He's been in India for a year or two. He was he He's been a decent player in his country before. I'm not really going to make any passing comment like Ross because, I mean, I think quite a few MK Dons fans out there have still have a bit of egg on their face from a Cameron Jerome comments. So, um, yeah, <laughs> but, you know, we've also had certain players like Matthew Upson come in and uh, show that maybe they are past it. You know, so it's just one of them where... <laughs> It's. I think it's someone putting two and two together and getting five, um, and and then and it's you know it's it's, it's on I'm sure there's going to be a lot more of these to come. I think if there, if there's any rumours though, maybe uh, Marco Vranjek and uh, Alex Tete, former teammates of Russell Martin at Norwich. So I'm sure we'll see those two names linked uh, at some point in the uh, in the near future too. Yeah,
2: we'll we'll mention Marco a bit later. Um, all right. <laughs> Next question. Um, Don's action voice with this one. So hello, gents. Um, they said, uh, which game next season are you most looking forward to? And I'm assuming for all of us, this will be a away game. Um, I'll kick off with mine. Um, I believe Joe's got the same as me and Sheffield Wednesday. If they, Well, not hopefully for them, but if hopefully for us, they come down. Uh, obviously, haven't been to Hillsborough in terms of a game day before. So that'll be a decent experience for me. Uh, if not, Chef Wednesday, and then probably Charlton. Quite enjoyed London away days, and Charlton's always been a favourite of mine. So, yeah, Chef Wednesday or Charlton for me. Uh, Joe, what, what would your secondary option be if it wasn't Sheffield Wednesday?
3: Um, what I we always look forward to is Northampton. Oh, no, never mind. They're, oh, they're, yeah. they're not in the league next season. So <laughs> I'm sure we'll end up getting them in the FA Cup or something. Though, <laughs> it tends to happen every
2: Or Papa John's party, trophy. Yeah.
3: yeah. Oh, God sell out. Um yeah, no, I I'd put Derby or Sheffield Wednesday if they come down. Of course, you know, it's not guaranteed. Um there's there's a few which I haven't been to in this league. Um I'd like to do Cheltenham. I was meant to do it a few years ago on um on Boxing Day, but I was ill. So um that, that's a shame. Um I haven't done Portsmouth before I'd like to do that. So yeah, Portsmouth uh for ones that are currently in the league, Portsmouth or Cheltenham I'd quite like to do.
2: Yeah, Pompey's a shout. Uh, and of course, Derby, everyone's got good, good memories of Derby after the Championship season. So, yeah, it'd be nice to get back to Pride Park. Um, Ross, what do you have down for your game to look forward to next season?
1: Um, the game I'm looking forward to is the return to Plough Lane. Oh, I think course. that's on everyone's lips. Um, obviously, it's going to be eventful, I'm sure. Um, but if if I'm going to choose another one, I'll, I'll, I really hope Bolton uh, Wanderers come up. I really enjoyed that away day. Um, I know we discussed it pre-recording <laughs> and uh, yeah, there was heartbreak at the end, but it was it was a joy nonetheless.
2: Yeah, that was an eventful day, wasn't it? Oh my God. One of Russ's
3: <laughs> first games as well, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, it was, yeah. I'll tell you what, that was a journey and a half getting to the, some proper random place to go to. Um, but yes, yeah, <laughs> it, it, was, it, was, it was a good away day and yeah, hopefully they come up, uh, don't bottle it. Um, okay, next question. Um, yeah. Rush you enjoy this one. This is directly to you, mate. Uh from uh, Connor Lawson, who we all know uh, dearly. Um, how many drinks it take to finish you off? Apparently, is the question.
1: Um <laughs> uh he'll find out on my 21st. All
2: right. So you're not, you're not giving the number, no? You're sticking No, with no,
1: no. Okay, no, I won't, right, I bit, won't embarrass
2: myself. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Um, next question. Is on a carrot loanee, uh, the Dons, um, and George boy uh, at George, George boy on uh, Twitter asked this: um, Where does Ethan Laird rank in terms of the best loanee the Dons have ever had? Um, Joe, what's your input on this question? Where do you think Ethan Laird ranks in terms of that?
3: I think it's a hard one to judge because obviously, yeah, he, he, we've had some cracking ones in the past, and I'd say he's been a. I think I think he's been a, a great loan. I wouldn't say he's up there with the likes of Harvey Barnes, Lewis Baker, Bennet Boby, Will Grigg. Arguably, both times around. Um, I think I think he has been great, um, and I'd love him back for next season. But I think, yeah, it's just a shame. I think actually, it's a shame he hasn't quite got some of the assists he's deserved, and also he's got himself in the box hell of him, a lot, and he just hasn't quite had that finishing touch. So I think with Ethan Laird, I think you can see that it's there for all to see he's got something. And if he just just slightly refines that, then I think that we will be seeing him in the championship or Premier League in the coming years for sure.
2: Yeah, i always have a bias to bounce. He's always been, I think, he's my favourite Loney. Um, yeah, he's top five for me, Ethan. Um, of course. There's a lot of competition at the very top as you mentioned between the names just there, Joe. Um, but yeah I think his impact's been unquestioned um, for the most part at least and uh, yeah he'll certainly be missed on that right hand side for sure if we don't get him back next season which is looking very unlikely um,
3: seems a cracking lad as well
2: <laughs> oh yeah lovely personality yeah and uh, yeah seems like we get getting really well with him if he uh, knew him personally uh, he's a good man dressing room tab as well um, Ross what are your thoughts on Ethan then in terms of where he ranks in the, the best ever Don's low knees?
1: I couldn't tell you where he ranks uh, among among the loanies, but he, he's bit, certainly been a very successful one. Um, and I think we'll notice, obviously, down the right hand side. I think we saw at the weekend how much of a miss he was, and uh, how much he he bombs up and down that w- uh, wing. But at the end of the day, I, I feel like with obviously the loan system, you're always going to have these sort of players come through, and uh, we've had we've had success from it um, from pr- uh, previous seasons and let's hope it continues.
2: Yeah, definitely. I'm sure we'll bring one or two next season and uh, hopefully they have same as much impact or even not even more than, uh, than Ethan had. Cause we'll be on to a winner if that happens. Okay. Last two questions. Uh, first of all, uh, from Slade one, Alan, who asked about, um, do you miss the three brioches at the games? Um, Joe, I believe you've got a certain yes to this.
3: Yeah. No, great. I mean, my, my autistic brother also used to pocket about four of them uh, every game. So, yeah, no, he, he liked them as well.
2: <laughs> yeah, fair enough. You can't go wrong with a free Brioche, can you, Ross, really?
1: I can't say I've ever seen him uh, about, apart oh, okay. from the, the, all the boxes which you get suffocated as soon as you walk through the gate to.
2: No, you can't be a good old pitch, especially for match day, especially if it's free also. Happy days. <laughs>
1: um, you have a bargain.
2: Well, exactly. How can you not? Um, and yeah, last question um, from Harry's on eighty-seven. How are okay, Jonathan? Um, one player would like to interview in the off-season, and why? This is an interesting question. Um, Ross, what would your bond player be?
1: Um, I would. I would have said Dean Lewington, but obviously we, he's been on other um, podcasts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but if I was if I was to get for personality reasons, um, I know we discussed it um, obviously pre, pre-recording. pre um, Ethan Led if he stays, but obviously I don't think he is at the end of the day.
2: Yeah. If you haven't listened to the, uh, what it takes to be Dean Livington episode, go listen to that. Uh, Boats and uh, Jack Sharp uh, run that podcast over there. So listen to that. If you haven't yet, it's quite a good listen. Um, I think for me, it'll be old Mario Vanchich when he joins. Um <laughs> You know, little cheeky plug in there. For, you know something uh, we don't? Don. Or... <laughs> no. Um, <laughs>
3: no,
2: nah, if it doesn't happen. Um, ooh, it's tough. I do think Joe Mason would be quite a good uh, interview if he stays. Uh, of course, he had quite a decorated career in terms of where he's been prior to Don's. Um, so, yeah, it'd be good to get him on an interview, just talking about his career. And, um, yeah, how he felt the time at Don's has gone. Uh, who was yours,
3: Joe, in the end? Um, I've decided for Jerome in the end for a couple of reasons. one if he was doing a post-season interview? You'd have thought that perhaps it might mean he's staying around for a bit longer. And uh, secondly, I think he, he just seems like a really nice, chilled-out guy. Like he seems like I'd love to go for a pint with him. He just seems so chilled out. He's got I bet he's got some brilliant stories. And he, I've seen him on a couple of other podcasts, and he's he's been good crack to be honest. So yeah, Cammy for me.
2: Yeah, Cammy's a good chat. And well, yeah, hopefully he does stay. Certainly, if we could get Cammy back for next season, I'd be over the moon. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for your questions. Um believe we answered the majority of them. Um, if we didn't, we'll try and get to your other ones another time. Sure, we'll have plenty of time to do that over the off season So we'll, we'll definitely do that. Um, On to the final part of the episode after a short break and Rochdale at home. Yeah. Okay, part three and the final preview of the season, boys. It, it, it's been a, been a hell of a lot of games for preview of the season, so it feels weird to get the last one. Um, but nevertheless, Rochdale at home. Um, of course, Rochdale are, well, unfortunately relegated down to lead two next season. Um, currently, they sit well, 21st in the league on 44 points and they're four points of safety of, uh, with the one game to go, of course, which will further the relegation. Um, they gaffer whether he's there next season is still uh, Brian Barry Murphy uh, a manager who's received some stick for his playing style which has typically been you know fairly direct and very non-aggressive football and uh, he's kind of stuck with that the whole time regardless of the results they achieved um that non-aggressive football you know as we saw from the previous game at spotland with a 4-1 victory it really suits um the don in terms of how they play their football in terms of you know the possession based style etc. Um, so yeah, if we see a repeat of that, we could see another 4 one on our hands, which would be nice for their last day of the season. Um I play with a 3-5-2 now, um, which to be honest has not seen them do well as a team. Uh they've won one game from the 10 games they've played. Um, so yeah, all this doesn't point to a very, a very positive sort of outlook on Rochdale. Um, and yeah, there's not much point in going to their form, of course, because you know this nothing to play for, for this game ready for them um and they're relegated so won't be playing the next season um and uh so hopefully some of these players that ross maybe points out maybe some could be on you know don's radar in terms of signing next season so ross here are some of your uh, key players you picked out for rochdale
1: yeah so i've gone with the two um prolific duo up top in matthew london stephen Humphreys. i know um Back, back end of life, uh, just before the uh, start of this season, I think it was, Stephen Humphreys was actually linked with us. Whether there was any uh, truth in the tale, I don't know. But, yeah, they've got 29 goal contributions between them. And they've been the reason why Rochdale have had some wins this season. And I believe in the first game against us, especially in that first half, they had a few chances. And uh, they were causing our back lines some problems. And then, obviously, we took it away from them in the second half. I think we ended up winning four one, but I feel like obviously the reason why they've got relegated is due to their defence. They're scoring goals with ease. It's the, they're just conceding so many, and obviously if you concede more than what you score, you're gonna you're only going one way.
2: Yeah, we've seen the you know the, we've seen that before we were done really, especially a few teams in League One where literally we can't keep any goals out. And early in the season, of course, as well. You know, if you concede conceding. As many goals as they are, you've got no chance in any league, really. Um, so, yeah, they said, they're a team who, you know, letting, letting goals and scores them. So, it could be entertaining games for sure. Um, Joe, any additional thoughts on Rochdale? Um, of course, as you mentioned, you know, they're down, they're down now, not, not, not much to play for. So, it's kind of hard
3: to get reading them, really. Yeah, as Ross mentioned, um, they've scored 58 goals this season and in 45 games, that's, that's not, not a bad record. Um, I think Blackpool, who are currently in third or fourth place, they've only scored 50, um, 57. So it just goes to show that it really is all about having a good defence that you know puts you higher up in the league and their defence is only worsened by Plymouth and Swindon. And um, yeah, we've seen the state of that Swindon defence. So uh, <laughs> I think... Um, yeah, we can see why. A um, couple of other players, I just thought I, I had a look and see who, because um, uh, Rochdale are a funny old side. Where I mean, they do pass it around a bit, but they are just—I don't feel like they fully commit to it. They kind of only half do it. And I think there was, you know, a little bit of stick about stick, as you mentioned, um, for for the for the with that. But he does try and do things in in the—I oh, don't don't want to say the right way, but in in a way that a lot of people think football should be played. And um, the, the, the average passes um, per game um, that um, attempted, the top of the list was actually uh, Ewan O'Connell. And he's uh, an Irish centre-back, mid-20s. And he, he comes off, you know, he looks to be a fairly decent player. Played nearly 40 games for them this season. So, you know, obviously uh, ever reliable. And, um, yeah, he, he seems to be pretty decent at playing out from the back. Um also another player I'd just like to mention Aaron Morley holding midfielder um he's actually got seven assists this season um so for, for someone that plays in holding midfield that really is quite something and at only 21 years old it you know I wouldn't be surprised to see a league one team perhaps look at him in, in the summer so and um and also in goal they've got almost Andrew Fisher mark two and Gavin Bazunu um on loan from Manchester City so there's no surprise that uh you know, he he's from a bigger club, but his his passing range is uh, is quite something, and his long range of passing is something that not many keepers can do. Uh, you know, throughout the leagues, and I believe he's actually got a full appearance um, for the for the men's national team of Ireland. So uh, yeah, again, he's no mug. Um, so it's a weird one this this Rochdale team because they do have a couple of individuals that are, are very good and very exciting, but I think it's just maybe. The team just has a quite a soft underbelly, and, and that's been their downfall this year. So, yeah, overall, I just think um, you know there's danger to be aware of, as we saw when we played them. But if we do our thing, then there's no reason why we shouldn't win quite comfortably.
2: Yeah, I know there's been quite a few of the analytics Twitter sphere. You know, we're doing some fairly pieces uh, analytics wise on Rochdale players since their confirmed relegation last weekend. So I know they're on the radar of a lot of teams. Um, So, yeah, I'm sure there'll be heavy hunting ground in terms of clubs looking to pick players off that have been demoted down to League 2. And, of course, some of the names mentioned by you both are definitely on that list for sure. Okay, pretty starting 11s. Um, Ross, who do you have starting for the final league game of the season for the Dons?
1: Yeah, so I've gone with the same formation as what we played against um, Swindon. Uh, Swindon, Fleetwood, sorry, my bad. Um, yeah, in the three five one one, And I feel like the uh, f- the only change with a probably... Uh, well, actually saying that, I've made two changes, sorry. The only uh, change along the back line, I've gone with, obviously, um, Laird coming back in. I feel like Martin was forced into this change um, at the weekend. I don't know why Laird was dropped.
2: I think he was unwell.
1: Oh, right, okay. So, I assume... Well, I hope he's had a week's worth of training and he's ready to go um, for this weekend. And then I've gone with a main man, Charlie Brown up top. I just want to see him for um, have a proper run out now. I know we saw him against Fleetwood. Um, uh, yeah, I just want to see a full night from him because of if we are going to unlock that potential I've been speaking about, these are the perfect type of games for him.
2: Sorry, I have seen one of the comments on the uh, the uh, end of season awards. Um, I heard some responses and it made me laugh. Um, what
3: was it? Yeah,
2: what was it? I'm not going to say it was spoiled. I'll tell you after the recording. Um, but yeah, in terms of my start eleven, um, I'm glad to see Charlie Brown starting. I have two. Um, I'm really hoping he gets to start. Um, he deserves it, and I think he, you know, getting his goal against Fleetwood on a on Saturday. You know grants him that. Um, elsewhere, I feel exactly the same. You know, of course, nice see from there back in, of course, he's feeling well, as I mentioned, and um, as Ross mentioned, you know, he should have had enough time to fight that off and uh, get himself back into Don's Don's uh, Saturday eleven, hopefully not the final time, but what is looking likely the final time. Um, and yeah, the rest of the team, I think for me, picks himself. I mean, it'd be interesting to see how Kasumu potentially operates in a more advanced role. I'm not sure which one of the three of Sermon, McKeck, or Kasumi would operate in that O'Reilly role if he is indeed out. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a time to experiment. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that works out and how Russ plans to uh, figure that all out. So, uh, Joe, me and Ross have gone fairly similar on our lineups. So, what are your th- what's your thinking on starting 11?
3: I'm pretty sure I'm bang on with you guys, to be honest. Fisher and goal, Louis, darling, Jules. Um, I've gone for Laird back in um, and Matty Sorinola. Um, Kasumu, and I've gone with McEachran as a sitter alongside Kasumu. Um, I think we've seen, I think Sermon played a bit more further forward on Saturday and I, I, I think that that's how we'll do against so Sermon and Fraser behind uh, Charlie Brown. So, yeah, if you're not going to play him in these sorts of games, what games are you going to play him in? So,
2: exactly. Um, out of interest, who would you play in a Ryder out of Sermon, Kasumi, or Meketron. Sermon. Sermon. Okay.
3: Sermon. Yeah, I think he. he I mean, he might not have the pace he did when he was a bit younger, but I think I see Meketron as sort of an orchestrator, controlling the tempo, and Kasuma as the destroyer type. And I think Sermon, we've seen, he's got a lethal shot on him, and you know, I, I think, I think Sermon will be will be in in that role.
2: Yeah. Fair enough. Um, okay score
3: predictions gents uh
2: final score prediction of the season um ross you have the don signing off the 2021 season with a win or what have you gone for
1: yeah i'm going really positive i'm gonna say we're gonna end the season off with a bang i'm gonna go with 3-0 don's victory and uh i'm gonna put my money where my mouth is and i'm gonna back charlie brown to get a brace uh i think he, this is a perfect game for him and uh I'll, I'll I'll put a bet on for him to score brace at least this weekend.
2: Lovely stuff, and uh, of course, if you if you're 18 plus, gamble responsibly. Uh, and to be honest, it's not the worst bet in the world. Um, I also have Charlie Brown scoring better two 0 win. Um, I see I see Scott Fraser making it ten for ten from the spot this season, and uh, sticking one away as well. Uh, hopefully for a Charlie Brown assist, who knows? Uh, but yeah, I see the Don's signing off a win and a clean sheet. So, uh, Jarrah, have you completed the hat-trick of wins and clean sheets for the Dons?
3: Oh, you're going to hate me. I haven't gone for the clean sheet, I'm afraid. Uh, I just just think that this game will be a reflection of our season and the fact that I've gone for 3-1. So, I think we're going to get a penalty. I think we're going to score some great goals. And then I think we're going to let in an absolute clang that Russ is going to be furious with at the end. (laughs) I think, you know, this season, that's been so many times we've just had that one moment of madness. That's just let us down. Although, I have to say, I think, what, six clean sheets in the last eight or nine or something like that. So, um, yeah, to be fair, we've ended the season very positively on that front. But, I mean, for old times' sakes, lads, throw one in. (laughs) (laughs) Three-one.
2: Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be something that surprised me at all, to be completely honest. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm not surprised uh, you could see that maybe going that way, which is fair enough. Okay, that's episode 50 done. Um, Big 5-0. yeah yeah wow it's been some season hasn't it bloody hell uh but yeah thank you for everyone who's taking the time to listen to the podcast this year obviously it's been our first season and we've still got a few podcasts to go before we sign off to the current season um but thank you all that are here still um obviously it means the world to us to listen to us and uh, give us all the feedback and you know, interact with us etc and um yeah hopefully you're listening to us this season of course i think next week will be the um award show um as long as the logistics go correctly, now we want to plan it goes all right, then uh, yeah, that should come to you next week. And um, after that will be our end of season review, which um, I'm sure we'll uh, schedule in the coming weeks and that with you soon as well. So yeah, as always, thank you much for listening. Uh, it'd be pretty if you could subscribe and for the final time of season, come on you dons.